Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. And welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Our program today, creating new frontiers by disrupting the status quo, with a serial entrepreneur from Zimbabwe who is a visiting fellow at Dartmouth College. He's been there for six weeks under the Young African Leadership Initiative. Kasana is the founder and CEO of Masabisa Incorporated, a brand strategy consultancy firm with two subsidiaries under it. His uh, target is to create 2,000 jobs in the manufacturing sector by 2022. And this year, Kasana was featured on Forbes Africa 30 Under 30, a terrific recognition. So welcome to the podcast, Kasana George Masabisa. Kasana. Thank you. Hey, great to be with you, and uh, this, is, this is such an honor for me. You're actually preparing to go to the White House to meet with the president to talk business, correct? Yes. And you've been in, at Dartmouth for six, six weeks working on leadership, and, and just so I'm going to draw the connection for the Complete Leader podcast. You have uh, been working with Ron Price, the author of The Complete Leader, and also Whit Mitchell, uh, who is one of the Complete Leader participants, program administrators, you could say. So uh, faculty and Wit and Ron, very good friends. You've been working with those two. And after they met you, they said, Dale, you have got to interview Kasana for the podcast. He is amazing. So uh, Forbes 30 Under 30, hanging out with the president at Dartmouth for six weeks, and you're going to create 2,000 jobs by 2022. So let's get to know you just a little bit. Uh, we, we've had a brief conversation before the podcast, but what when when you're not just changing the world, what do you like to do when you're recreating? When I'm free from the busy schedule, I usually take time to reflect. I usually take time to understand where I'm coming from and where am I going. I usually take time to watch epic movies, to understand how the world has been created from the medieval era, right from the agricultural revolution up to present times. One of my favorite series is Game of Thrones. I'm a huge fan of Game of Thrones. It makes you aware of the world that we're living in, the people that you meet, how to interact, and above all, how to play the game. Hmm. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah, you join millions and millions who have who are watching Game of Thrones. So. Um, now, when I read your bio the first time, I thought, wow, okay, so 2,000 jobs in Zimbabwe in the manufacturing sector. What type of manufacturing jobs are you working to create? I'm working towards the fast-moving consumer goods uh, sector. By the way, where I come from, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe used to be the breadbasket of Africa. By the year 2000, we were producing 7,000 goods, both for import, both for local and exports. So after a series of economic meltdown, we moved below 34% industry utilization. So one of the key causes that made Zimbabwe to be what it is, it's the manufacturing sector. Where I come from is Bulawayo, and Bulawayo used to be the industrial hub of, of Southern Africa. Hence my decision to resuscitate that sector, because in that sector we had more than 10,000 jobs. And so you're, you're basically creating the jobs in your area that you've, in seen, that you've seen leave. 
So let's dive into to our topic today, and it's about disrupting the status quo. And obviously, I'm, I'm guessing you've seen some status quo where you're at, and you're working to disrupt it. So tell me why you see the status quo needing to be disrupted. There is one problem about the status quo. The status quo was created by people, and unfortunately, the people who created status quo, some of them, they passed away. So the very people who have become the beneficiaries of the status quo, they don't know the way forward, and they're just stuck. It's more of a technician. So the reason why I believe in disrupting the status quo is that the status quo creates complacency. It limits the human growth by creating a false state of stability. And at times, we become accustomed to substandard service delivery. If you look deeply back into the in, into the human history, you'll always realize this, that human beings have always been daring. Human beings have always been adventurers. From the economic development, the right to agricultural revolution, to industrial revolution, today we're stretching the technology revolution. We have sent men countless times into the space. We have discovered so many things. Why? It's because we always want to disrupt the status quo. Who knows what's next? So specifically, let's talk about how your doing this and what it takes to create this a new frontier because you see the result of the status quo being complacency and uh, this false sense of stability so how do you move people out of that and and start leading them into a new frontier not everyone can create a new frontier not everyone is cut for this business it only takes people who have vision and are determined it takes people who are very resilient it takes people who are bold and daring people who are risk takers. In that context, if you want to create new frontiers, you need to have the ability to be futuristic. You need to have the ability to see beyond the present times. Imagine the possibilities that lie beyond the present times. Then nothing can stop you from pushing the boundaries. As long as you are content with the present uh, status, as long as you are content with the present situations, then you, you, you will never create a new frontier. If you look at from the perspective of creating new frontiers, the process itself doesn't guarantee positive outcome. But the fact that you take the initiative, it's a success on its own. Why? It's because that process comes with lessons learned which the status quo doesn't offer. Those lessons may come in the form of failure. And if you move beyond failure, then you have succeeded. You have known what other people wouldn't have tried before. And new frontiers can be created when you articulate the vision to a team and they believe in it. What I'm simply saying is when you believe into the future, you're not walking alone into the future. You need to have people who understand the future as well. Then you need to articulate that vision to a team. And what is a team? Together, everyone achieves believe in it. And once properly executed, then new frontiers become the new status quo. And that's one of the things that I've learned in this program in the Mandela Washington Fellowship that has made me to be deeply aware of the need for personal assessment. We are not extraordinary people. We have extraordinary dreams. Those extraordinary dreams need ordinary people who also believe in those extraordinary dreams. Therefore, we need to have what you call the shared, the shared leadership concept and the human-centered designs when developing a service or a product. Whatever we're doing is either we're creating new frontiers. We're not creating for ourselves. We are creating for a people. We are creating for a new generation. So we need to be human-centered when mm -hmm. creating new designs and new frontiers. And you talk about this, the assessment, and you spent quite a bit of time in the last uh, six weeks at Dartmouth learning about this assessment process with, with Ron, with Whit Mitchell, and you learned a lot about yourself as well, correct? Yes, a lot about myself. <laughs> How has it changed? And you can you can 
bring this from the 30,000-foot view, but just overall, how has learning through the assessment process and learning about yourself, because I'm thinking leaders lead themselves, how has that changed you recently? The first time I took the personal assessment test, I was shocked, the feedback that I got. And I remember telling with that it's either you have been watching me for the past 26 years or 27 years, you can't come up with this true description about Kosana Mazibisa. And it made me realize that sometimes it's not about what I'm saying, it's about what I'm doing, how I respond, how I react. For example, I belong to, to the Ds. The Ds are very uh, decisive, competitive, determined, strong-willed, pioneering, and ambitious. That is the Ds. Mm. But if even if we're the Ds, there are some things, there are certain things that we lack. Like when you come to the Cs and come to the S, that short me my weakness is that if I need to continue moving into the future, I need to constantly build teams that are strong when it comes to steadiness and compliance. I may be good when it comes to dominance and influence, but there are people who are good when it comes to compliance and steadiness. There is my weakness to them is their strength. Then we move forward as a team. Absolutely. Putting the team together. So let's talk about your personal experience in creating these new frontiers. What have you seen and, uh, and help us understand how you're focusing so much of your time and attention in this arena of disrupting the status quo and what it means to you. That's a very good question. That's a very good question. I'm coming from a continent that has been had so much natural resources, yet the majority of its countries are regarded as third world countries. And also, by the way, I'm coming from Zimbabwe, a country which was once the breadbasket of Africa, but today is below 34% industrialization. That is a context on its own. So for me, to, to build a new Africa, to build a better Africa, it's really a daunting task. It's really a challenging uh, task, if I may, to put it uh, that way. So from a personal experience, I don't opt for a top-down approach or conventional wisdom when addressing problems. Why? It's because it is the very top-down approach and conventional wisdom which have maintained or which are continuously maintaining the status quo. The top-down approach, you've got the red tapes, the bureaucracy. People still believe that this is what things is, how things are supposed to be done. You, the millennial, you don't know anything. We have been in the past. We understand the challenges, the struggles. Yes, we understand where we're coming from. That's part of our identity. But we need to move forward. And this is what makes Nkosana uh, Mazvisa different. This is what makes the like Nkosana Mazvisa different as well. We choose one target, then we make it an emblem of new frontiers. And this is what makes Mazvisa Inc. different from all consultancy companies. And this is how Mazvisa Inc. is built. So at the test of India, like I've specified that, I'm into fast-moving consumer goods, focusing on snacks and cookies. That is what SWAT is all about, a subsidiary of Mazvisa Inc. And it's a company that is setting new trends in the manufacturing sector in Africa. And by the way, you asked me about my personal experience. Let me go back. I remember when I was elected to my first public office at the age of 26. Then I was elected to chair a school board, which has 1,490 primary kids, compared to an ordinary school, which has an average of 700 kids. Therefore, to build consensus among parents in an environment where age is always questionable, effect, especially when previous board chairs were above the age of 50, that was very challenging. You see, the problem that we have in Africa, to be precise, is the issue of leadership. As long as you are below the age of 40 or below the age of 35, you are not given that space to carry the mandate in a public uh, entity, in a public parastatal. The belief is after the age of 40, you are eligible to become a president, you are eligible to become a senator. Yet, the majority of us young people, we form the mainstream of the population. Therefore, I still remember when I was chosen to 
that position to be a chair of that board. The first thing that I had to do was to check the whole board. By the way, that very board was made up of people who were over the age of 40. So I had to check them on a strategic planning session, then make them envision the school as a world standard for quality education and the best model in 2020. Remember, that's almost uh, two to three years back, but I made them uh, view the school in, in almost five to 10 years from now as a best model in 2020. Once the board embraced the future, I had to move forward. I had to revive the Academic Excellence Awards, which had already been forgotten because the previous board thought that those Academic Excellence Awards had, had no longer meaning or impact. So I had to revive the Academic Excellence and used that very platform to share with stakeholders, parents and community at large, our next strategic initiative, which we were supposed to take in order to address the teacher-student ratio, the ever-increasing enrollment and infrastructure development. Guess what? Six months down the line, our first project was done. A state-of-the-art computer science lab was created, servicing not only students, but parents as well. Thus, we increased the functional literacy. When students are done with schooling, we open that computer science lab to the community so that they also embrace technology. Thus, in that very process, we increase the functional literacy rate. And, and that very computer lab that we created as a team, today it has become a best model that the government has adopted it for all primaries in school. Mind you, it is the very status quo that people were afraid and saying, we, we are content with the present status quo. But we as a team were to create new frontiers. Thus, we made people who were content with the previous status quo embrace the new frontiers. Uh, after we're done with that, we moved on to massive renovations, new sports field. And today, as a team, we're working on a $2 million infrastructure project, which is addressing water safety, drown prevention, and expansion of education facilities in that very school. This is a project of its own kind. In the history of Zimbabwe, for the past 36 years, no team has ever done this project, and we are the first team to ever do this. Thus, the government has responded, has responded to our initiative and, and embraced them as part of the needed reforms in the Ministry of Education. This is an amazing story. You were elected to the school board, where basically the culture says you need to be over 50 in order to lead. You, yes. You led an initiative to really inspire excellence in the school, the that's twice the size of, of any other school. And you brought that school board, who were all over the age of 40 years old, you're 26, yes. Uh, yes. and you brought them along with you. What is your relationship now like with those school board members? Today, if I were to share with you my relationship with them, every day I'm receiving messages asking me, when am I coming back home? Oh, so they're, they're <laughs> excited for you there? to come back home. <laughs> <laughs> always asking, when am I coming back home? Okay. Well, it's because as a leader, when you share with your team the future, they need to see you constantly because you're a source of hope and inspiration. It's like you are this target. You're always there to move forward with them. In as much as you delegate to someone else and do that, there is that charisma about the lead, about the futuristic person, something that not everyone has. So I'm really happy in as much as sometimes it's very frustrating to be asked, when am I coming back? It shows the impact, the sense of ownership that we have built as a board. And I'm happy with the progress that they've made so far without me. 
I had a choice of staying back home, continuing with the projects, but I wanted to test how they can move forward without me. If they can move forward without me, it means then I've created a powerful team. Mm, that is so true. That's, that is the essence of leadership. Kasada, we are running out of time. Do you have any final words for us? My closing notes is, I would like to share this with, with the audience. If you want to achieve new frontiers, you need first to understand the need for a new narrative. Once you understand the need for a new narrative, you need to put up a detailed plan with the compactable team for execution and checks and balances. Lastly, have a rewarding system, whether it's a fulfillment or an incentive that directly addresses technician. Leaders are not technically holders, but pesetas. Mm, leaders. Those are my <laughs> Thank you. Leaders are not title holders, but pace setters. Kasana George Masabisa, it has been an honor to speak with you. Congratulations on what you've achieved to this point, and I cannot wait to see what you're going to achieve into the future. Uh, we, as as a global society, need a leader like you, and it's great to have this conversation. So thank you very much. Safe travels. Enjoy the rest of your time here in the U.S., and uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Dale. All right. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.